0: And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11, from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Garfino. And at small forward, number 6, standing, well, sometimes because he prefers to sit, Mr. Stats himself, Evan
1: Goldback. This is Inside Slam. Steve is uh, fixing up his Instagram, Mr. Mr. Social. That's right.
2: That's the only way I can keep track of my children. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to catch my son out one day. I'm going to catch him out because I'm going to see him in public somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call him,
1: and if I see him pick the phone up and look me off, He's in trouble. You can't hide anything on social these days. Somebody has got you on Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, oh, Facebook. Yeah. and now.
2: Have you ever been caught out like that? Just looked at the phone thought, "Nah, no, I don't have a half hour to speak to this person. Every time I have my phone in public, I always answer it. I might say, look, man, I'm busy. You know, I have time to chat right now, but I always answer it when I'm in public.
1: I always pick up. I always say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm at lunch. I'll give you a call back. I just think it's courteous, to be honest. Yeah. I don't
2: no. no I mean As in I mean I'll text them And say look You know Can I call you around lunchtime Or something like that I'll get back But if somebody calls me I just well, they're just certain yeah, parts or, of the day or, I don't have time to
1: chat I'd say I, I always pick up I'd always respond So if they call I'll say hey I'll flick them a text Or whatever it may be But um, There's this new thing Have you heard about this new thing TikTok The Kesha song No No <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. You listened to Kesha.
2: I thought it was pretty up to date
1: saying that. <laughs> that, was <probably> <laughs> that was about ten, 10 years ago. <laughs> oh dear! TikTok <laughs> is some. It's this new app that all oh, the everybody's loving. It's like videos and you lip sync to. I don't. I don't know what the hell's going on. But maybe we should do a TikTok segment. Uh, and we'll post it on our Instagram page.
2: Isn't it? Really sad when old people try to do current things. <laughs> I see old, old white people. Sorry. sorry, Evan. Old white people. Hey, don't be putting <laughs> me into the old category. Okay. but No, I just meant white. Oh, right. Okay. I see old white people what? doing that I'm floss not, dance. I'm not I white. I'm just like, oh, you know. I'm beige. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Those corny, you know, those corny people trying yeah. to, you know, had too many drinks and they start doing that floss it's thing on. Like, wha- they wha- can't even do it properly and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm down with white the White people
1: should stay- stick to the chicken dance <laughs> and the YMCA. I, uh, I,
2: you know, it's funny because white people can dance now. So oh like, yeah, I know. No doubt about that
1: especially me have you seen you know, me on the dance floor I'm like Justin Timberlake white three. girls
2: have booties you know like up there's I tell you what it's international world now oh man it's stereotypes so are all blended there's you know all kind of gray area now
1: man what's uh, just the evolution of humanity yeah. is just great <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to inside slam this is Evan Goldback Sitting right next to the main man, Steve Carfino, who's in shorts today yeah twenty seven
2: degrees twenty seven mm.
1: degrees how crazy was that lightning storm last night oh yeah oh man i was I was literally like caught I was caught in it for a little while. That was insane weather, like talk about craziness. how late were you out uh I was out to about eleven,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> You're such a liar. Uh, I was. <laughs> I, I remember
2: that thunderstorm being like midnight,
1: wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: yeah maybe around
1: then. I, I love
2: sleeping in that weather, though.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I, you know what I do? I, every night I listen to rain, I've got that rain app. Is there an app? Yeah, yeah, there's an app. So you li- literally every night you feel like you're in a thunderstorm. It's incredible.
2: Every day I feel like it's an education on what you can actually have in your life when I talk to you.
1: Well, that's what this show was all about—me educating you. That's but, true. <laughs> well, okay. guys, listen. Coming up on the show today, we're going to uh, talk about the All Star Weekend. What an amazing All Star Weekend that was! So much to talk about, and the best athlete of the decade. There's been some. Uh, there's been some response from. Floyd Mayweather, I don't know if you've seen that, Steve, uh, talking about that he should be the best athlete of the decade. We're also going to have a new segment, which is going to be brought to you by uh, the Pick and Roll. So we're going to be talking about all about Aussie hoops. Sean Maloney's going to be joining us very, very shortly to talk about Super Rugby and specifically how bad the Australian teams are going. And then I've also got Who Am I coming up right at the end of the show. So make sure you stay all the way through for that. All right. Well, guys, we've got uh, Sean Maloney on the phone. Sean, it's uh, mate, great to have you back on the show. What have you been doing in 2020? You uh, Have you been doing any travels? You've been uh, calling the rugby? What's been happening in your life?
0: It's been a while since uh, we've checked in, fellas. The last time that we spoke was around the Rugby World Cup in Japan last year. Uh, off the back of that, have bounced into the World of Sevens. So, Rugby Sevens did Dubai, Cape Town. Uh, we've had Sydney a couple of weeks back, and then I fly out to L.A., fellas. L.A. Hermosa Beach on Tuesday for the next league. We've got the Americas coming up, L.A. into Vancouver, which should be a ton of fun.
2: Hey, when you go to L.A., what do you look forward to the most? Um, well, I'm just gonna say tacos for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, good, good, I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously the tacos, but the interesting thing is, uh, Steve, is that this is the first return of the sevens back to l a it was previously in Vegas, so for the last five years, I've had to spend a week in Vegas, and every time <laughs> I've ended up basically working for free and come home a shell because a week in Vegas is just way too much, so i get to I get a reprieve on that front but l a taco sure i mean any anywhere like I think I'm down the south side of l a as well, so uh it'll ha- definitely have that Mexican flair which I'm about.
2: Oh. Oh, yeah. You know, your Vegas... We could exchange Vegas stories, but I don't think we have time. No, we do. We've got another 23
1: hours left on the podcast. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Who's been arrested the most? Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, and also we could... Share Vegas stories if I could remember most of them is the other kicker as well. So I need a bit of a run up on that. But yeah, boys, that's that's what's next. Super Rugby's up and running again. Uh, it's all go at the moment. I know you guys are going to uh, get into that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, uh, all all happening in the world of rugby.
1: Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Well, listen, um, before we get into the rugby, I know you're you ha- not going to be in Chicago for this for this trip, but. The NBA All Star Game. It was. Uh, I don't know if you got to see much of it over the weekend. It was in Chicago, obviously home of Michael Jordan. Um, did you get to catch any of that, Sean, or did you see? I
0: did. I did. I watched. Uh, I watched the highlights. Watched the closing minutes of it when uh, I got home today, actually. So saw how that all played out. Uh, I love. I love an All Star Game when they actually have a crack. And the reason I love it is because I've been on the wrong side of that. I went to the NFL Pro Bowl back in 2014 over in Hawaii with a bunch of mates. Hmm. And it was the lowest sporting experience of my life because no one cared. No one got tackled. No one ran hard. It was junk. And to see them aim up yesterday, obviously, on the back of uh, Kobe's passing, I thought that was really cool. It It was a good watch.
2: I think that the NBA has done a great job of finally in tinkering with the format and getting it right. I think major league baseball did that when they, uh, they formatted as who you know, who is going to have home home field advantage when it came to the world series, you know, that was a great plus for them. So the guys were playing for something, you know, these guys make so much money. I get why if you don't have the format, right, they don't play to win. You know, they're just looking to to stay healthy and and protect their bodies and, protect that fortune that their body is making them so you know it's great to see the guys really go after it i think it also has a lot to do not just the format but it has a lot to do with the guys that are participating in it and the fact that they got the greek freak and lebron james and you know they got a lot of pride they want to win and they've gone they've gone out there and and like evan and i were chatting it was like game seven you know down the stretch and it was fun to watch
0: even down of that last uh, that last one that got pulled back to the foul, it was Harden on Lowry, and that would have sealed the game. But they called foul, and then it, it, on it went for a little bit longer. Explain to me why it had to get to 157. Why was that the magic target for the winning score?
1: So basically, the new format is they play. Um, it's quarter by quarter, so they each play for yep. a charity. LeBron's team won the first quarter, and... The thing about it is that you could see the pride in the other team. You could see Giannis. He came out like a machine in the second quarter, made sure they won the second quarter. So, bang, they're one-on-one. Then the third quarter was tied, and then uh, they so they were playing for the big cash in the fourth quarter. But the team that is leading at the end of the third quarter time, basically what they do to honor Kobe is that they add 24 points to their score. So gotcha. so that's what um so when they were going into the fourth quarter Giannis's team was they were up by 9 going to the fourth so they had a 9 point advantage obviously to reach that 24 points so yeah LeBron's team they had to score 33 and yeah I mean at when the All-Star teams were picked, I think LeBron's team was definitely the strongest. I mean, he had Kawhi Leonard, he had James Harden, he had Anthony Davis and himself, you know, in that final closing eight minutes. And and the thing is, is that the All-Star coaches, they let the best guys go at it. Like, it, the, both teams wanted to win. For me, it was the best All-Star game that I've seen since probably Jordan retired, uh, which is when he had an amazing fadeaway over Sean Marion and then, Kobe got fouled in the last second of the game. That's It's the best All-Star game I've seen. The whole weekend, the fact that they honoured David Stern, they honoured Kobe Bryant, the slam dunk competition was incredible. We'll get into that in a second. But yeah, that's that's how they have that format. And I think that format is absolutely perfect.
0: Having not seen every pass and basket from that game, did they end up going with a one-on-one situation where you could call out a player from the other team? They didn't do that, did they, yesterday?
1: No, no, but you but players were aiming up one on one. Like Giannis was really defending LeBron, blocked LeBron. Like you could see the pride was on the line. Everybody, I think, was uh captivated by it.
0: Steve Talfino, if it had been a one on one and you were playing, who would you have called out?
1: <laughs> who, me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have called out Giannis. He's just too long. Um <laughs> there are just so much talent out there. And that's why the NBA is so fun to watch. You know, you got guys on the bench um that would start for for anybody you know like these are superstar players that you know taking a back seat to that starting 5 that Evan just mentioned right there because they want to win you know I, I think that just shows uh, how good the league is and how how fun it is to watch because we've got guys that, you know, like Damian Lillard will drop 50, you know, and he can't even get a start in the All-Star game. We've got that many talented players, and it's just a great time. You just look at different eras, and you say, oh, the Jordan era, uh, the Magic Johnson era, and, and neither one of those eras had the players that are present in the NBA game right now, so it's very exciting.
0: It's real cool to watch. Like I said before, I don't think there's anything better than – when you have all-stars, even in ex- ex- exhibition matches. We saw so many of those through uh, the Aussie summer off the back of those bushfires and everyone trying to pitch in. Like When you get legit, top-line, headline players, it doesn't matter what era they're from, if they have a crack in those exhibition games,
1: nothing better. Sean, let's talk rugby. I know it's uh, the Super Rugby is, uh, has started. The Six Nations has obviously started. The talk around the town is how bad the Aussie teams are going. Um, Obviously, you know, the Waratahs 0-3, I think, first time in a long – or ever. Ever, ever. yeah. First time ever that they're 0-3. You know, disappointing loss against the Rebels down in Melbourne. But what's happening with Australian rugby at the moment? What what do you think's uh, going on?
0: Let's bounce through each of those four Super Rugby teams that we've got real quick, just so that we get a bit of an idea as to – what's kind of working and why some teams are probably where they should be. So Mm -hmm. we look at the Waratahs and they are 0-3 for a reason. And that reason is that their succession planning over the years has not been great. It really hasn't. So we've now got a situation where you would want that next generation of players coming through into key positions in that Waratahs team. Mm -hmm. Hasn't translated, hasn't worked out. Offset against that is you've got guys who've been carrying that team for such a long time, destroying themselves uh, in an effort to try and lift the tars. Guys like Michael Hooper and a couple of the more experienced guys who are continuing to try and do that. But I don't know how much more is left in the tank for some of those guys. So... I hate using the term, you can go rebuild, whatever. They, uh, they, It's going to take a lot of work for uh, the Tars to, to finish without the wooden spoon, to be honest, fellas. We can't believe we're talking about them in those terms. But um, they're, going to, they're going to do it tough this year, no doubt about it. We'll work, we'll work from them up to who should be uh, the pick of the sides. The Rebels, way off the pace in the opening couple of weeks. Really, really ordinary, but spun around, as you said, with that win against the Tars on Friday night to put themselves on the board. They've got a squad that should be able to challenge. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the the first up loss that they had this season was just inexplicable. They were playing against a team who had been together for three weeks, at a three week preseason. Went down, went down badly. Uh then we've got the Reds. They look like they could have some upside towards the back end of the year. They've they've looked quite good. They've they're own, uh they're on three in their start to the season. They've looked pretty handy. Uh got some really promising youngsters. And then the Brumbies, I think, will be the side, like they did last year, who Go further than anyone else in terms of the Aussie sides in Super Rugby this year. They're well coached, and they've got a, a fairly decent squad that's got a bit of depth to it. And conversely, set a, set against the Waratahs, the succession planning or an, having an idea or a clue to the future in key positions, they've got that working okay.
2: It's amazing you're talking about rugby, and it, it's the same in in any sport you got to have the draft picks you got to have the young guys coming through you got to have the spe- experience you know because that has happened that happened to the San Antonio Spurs it happened to the Boston Celtics when Len Bias died and they put too much wear and tear on Larry Bird and Kevin McHale they didn't have those young guys coming through you know you really do have to have a succession plan going through to you know so you can protect the health of your veteran players that are providing all that experience
0: One of the things that really jumps out at me, though, Steve, is that from the outside looking in, it was quite clear that this was going to become an issue. It was almost a a case, using the Waratahs as an example, whereas it's sort of that fool's gold. Like You can hang on to those more experienced players, but you know they're not going to be there the year following. And if you're not grooming that next uh, crop coming through, then you're going to get stung, you're going to get caught with with nothing. And that's exactly, unfortunately, what's happened. And the wider implication of the Waratahs not going well is that, I mean, it's it's factual, that there are more rugby supporters in New South Wales than there are in any other state in Australia. And if they're not firing, then it makes it that much harder for that jump into the Wallabies later
1: this year. So it's, it's a tough one for the Waratahs because obviously I'm based in Sydney, New South Wales, and, uh, you know, just looking at their squad, obviously that, you know, they've got new coaching staff, Chris Whittaker, Matt Cobain, but this, I don't think, it's not because the Waratahs are playing badly. It's because they just don't have the squad to go any further. And it's almost a case of, you know, it's going to be, tr- I think it's trust the process. It's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers mantra for them for the next few years, but it is concerning that uh, Australian rugby is at is where it's at at the moment. I think uh, there's so much competition uh, for people's eyeballs these days. You know, the NBL was on an uptrend. Uh, you know, you've got obviously rugby league there. You've got AFL. Yeah, I mean, where where does Australian rugby go as a whole, Sean? Because obviously, you know, you've got the Raylene Castle uh, head of uh, Rugby Australia that you know has decided to pull out of the uh discussions with um with fox in terms of the uh the coverage i mean if they don't get any sort of um whether it be free to air coverage or or pay tv coverage and they go to to optus for example i can't see rugby being in a very healthy state in 5 years
0: yeah, I think I think the a lot of the chat around Raylene is really unjustified. I mean, all she did in her role as CEO of Rugby Australia, looking at the betterment of the game, trying to bring in as much money as she can, packaging all the rights up mm-hmm. from the top to the very bottom. Why would you not take it to market? I mean, what kind of a CEO or leader of uh, a commodity-driven business doesn't take it to market? Like, the, some of the, the flack and crap and online junk that gets thrown her way astounds me. I, I, I cannot reconcile it. And that there was, I mean, there's obviously, as there would be, a lot of things to play behind the scenes in terms of trying to shape the narrative around her decision to do that. Uh, just so out of line. But I do, just do you, can't you th- get my head around it.
1: Do you think, though, for example, like I, I, I understand that point. I'm looking at more from, I, I understand that she needs to get the coverage for the game but yes. I don't think that if, for example, if Optus Sport gets, uh, and there's talk of Optus obviously wanting to potentially bid for the the super rugby, do you think that's going to help rugby? I don't, I don't, I don't know if it, it, there's going to be the oh, eyeballs.
0: No, I, I, I mean, it, it, there's a holistic approach. I mean, this needs a, a total redo, but that would be a step mm. in the right direction. If there can be additional money secured, if, if it's through, whoever it's through, but if it gets more money, back into the coffers you can then push that money back towards the grassroots in the same way that for example the afl does and that is for me they are the absolute benchmark in that in that they identify that if you get them young you keep them forever and that's just not been something that's been financially i don't think available for rugby australia in recent times where Mm -hmm. they can flood that junior market in the same way that the afl does and then they hang on to them forever basically so um yeah mate the right steal won't be won't be the bill be on end all but if you've got extra money you can then you can then start trying to push your game uh, i think free to wear is a must for that next right steal and uh on you go from there but it it does need some uh, some heavy tinkering and the other issue is the week to week you guys talk about how strong the nba is uh, even how strong the nbl is now that kind of thing it's because the week-to-week, the day-to-day is so strong. Rugby, it's premier, flagship, tournament, week-to-week. It's super rugby, and at the moment, that needs some serious tinkering.
1: Before you go, give us two predictions. Super rugby champion this year. and. Uh-
0: Oh, great question. I, I think I tipped the Chiefs before the before we got rolling uh, in my side of the world. So the Chiefs out of New Zealand, it's basically the Chiefs and Crusaders who are the two headline teams over there and you go on form and if you finish top of the table, more often than not, you win the whole thing. So I'll go Chiefs to to win all of Super Rugby and I'm going to throw one, a uh, little a little side spinner in here, fellas. Six Nations is running at the moment. If you want the other end of how that's what I was going to ask you I was going to ask the you the the Six Nations
1: that's it.
0: Flying in the Northern Hemisphere So you've got two unbeaten teams at the moment uh, You've got France who beat England first up uh, And Ireland as well I think France will slip somewhere along the line And I think Ireland can potentially beat England this week There you go And then go on to
1: take yep. the slam Beautiful, beautiful Awesome, mate Well, listen, thanks again for uh, for joining Inside Slam, man, we you know we appreciate you. We know you're you're a good friend of the show, and um, make good luck on that uh, trip over to LA. Enjoy one LA. Last,
0: what, yeah, Will, one last question, Ev. How long do you think it would take you to put a basket past Steve Carfino if you went one on one with him?
1: Now, oh, mate,
0: this afternoon. How long would it take you?
1: Maybe two or three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll leave Is you a, with that. Yeah. See you, boys. Yeah, so see Sean. you later. Thanks, mate. If we did, if we did go one on one, yeah. If, and you've seen my Instagram story, especially these last couple of weeks. I'm putting, I'm, you know, I'm putting in the buckets, man. Okay. Do you think you could defend me, or I actually? Let's be honest. I saw your Instagram story, throwing up alley oops to your son. Man, I didn't know he had. Where was his hops in the All Star game, in that uh, the celebrity game? Because he wasn't showing that at the celebrity game.
2: Yeah, it was in the. The key was pretty packed, and he didn't have anybody to throw him any lobs, and
1: that were two. Yeah. I saw two precision lobs. What's that from okay. um, from you on Sunday, to Clay.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. All you got to do is throw it to the corner of the backboard when you got somebody that can jump like that. Okay. Yeah. So people, you're
1: aiming, you're actually aiming for a spot?
2: Oh, I just throw it right at the corner of the backboard. Okay. You know, so he gets it on the way up.
1: Yeah. And then he just throws it down. How good is KGB? That's that's good for a pickup game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Good but. It. So the answer to that question is I think that maybe we should record it and find out, you know, who's going to win in a game of one on one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and we'll post it. Okay, done, done. I'll, uh, we'll get uh, we'll get our producers to set that up, and in the next couple of weeks we will see that. Okay, on Inside Slam. So game to eleven, winner takes out. Done. 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 All right, Evan, come on, get one point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Well, you know what? I'm really excited about our next segment because it's actually brought to us by our new friends at the pick and roll. Uh, you know, these guys are all about Aussie hoops. They've been producing quality content for six years, um, from our men in the NBA like Patty Mills and Joe Ingalls to Liz Cambridge in the WNBA. Europe, the WNBL, NBL and upcoming junior prospects, make sure you stay on top of their content as the NBL postseason comes to a close and especially with the national teams. Boomers, the Asia Cup qualifiers in Brisbane playing out later this month and in the lead up to the Tokyo Olympics where Australia hopes to medal. I really do. I really do think they can medal. They've also got an online store. So fans of Australian basketball, go to pickandroll.com.au and go grab some merch at shop.pickandroll.com.au today. Use promo code GOBOOMERS for a discount on all the gear upon checkout. So the guys at the Pick and Roll, this next segment is brought to you by those guys. So we're really excited about it to talk about Aussie Hoops. And it's there is a lot to talk about in Aussie Hoops because we've got more Australians in the NBA than ever before. Obviously, the NBL was absolutely killing it, but... I think the big story to talk about is, uh, which I was really, really surprised about, Steve, was Ryan Brockoff being unexpectedly waived by the Dallas Mavericks.
2: Yeah, you know, that was surprising, because I, I heard they love him.
1: Yeah, and every time he came on, he was scoring.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a shock. And when you get to that level, I mean, Joe Ingles was, wasn't picked up by the Clippers when he was there. He's, he was at the airport ready to go home, he gets a call by Utah, he starts playing, and the the jazz considered him last time i was home the jazz considered him the best three man in the game i mean that's
1: a that's a, a major rap so what a sliding door moment in his life oh, he yeah. co- gets cut by the clippers and even doc Rivers said oh you know we love him we just can't get it, can't keep him he goes to utah and he's become like a legitimate vital piece of a potential championship contender yeah i mean he's an
2: icon there they they love him there he's like a guy that you, they they wouldn't touch you know, like they build their team around the way he plays the game. Yeah. His length, his ability to hit the three, his ability to to guard several positions, you know. You know, so my point about Joe Ingles is that Brockoff is, he's not the same player, but, you know, that could happen to him. You know, like he could just catch fire with a different club and, and be one of those guys that just sticks for years.
1: Absolutely. And I really hope he gets picked up by someone. Um, you know whether it's you know one of these guys that are rebuilding. I mean, obviously Phoenix is rebuilding. They've just picked up and uh, they've just picked up Jonah Bolden, who's on a ten day ten day contract. So because uh, Jonah got let let go by the the seventy sixers. But I do hope Ryan Brockoff gets a an NBA team because the guy can the guy can really light it up quickly. So yeah, yeah, we do wish Ryan Brockoff all the best. Hopefully he stays in the NBA. Coming back to the NBL, we had the awards, the NBL awards last week. So. Bryce Cotton uh, taking out the uh, MVP. Did you? Was that a surprise to you? Or did you, obviously the fans' MVP was Machado. But surely it was between those two guys.
2: Well, I felt like you know Bryce Cotton was the MVP because they have given him the keys to the car with the Perth Wildcats. The fact that he has to be aggressive in score for for Perth to win. You know, like if he doesn't score. He's just aggressive. That's why they're always in the game because he can run off 18 points in a quarter and he can have three bad quarters, have a hot quarter and he's got the supporting cast to be able to kind of keep the game close. And then he catches fire and they've won games off of his back, you know, all season they have that defensive prowess of course. And they, that's the cornerstone of their team, but offensively he keeps their motor running. I, I think that he was super impressive in a team that, if he wasn't that way, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't have been fighting for the top spot with the Sydney Kings all year long. They got hot. The Sydney Kings went a little cold for a while, so the race got close. But Bryce Cotton was the offensive motor to a team that is, I believe, the favorite to win the NBL championship. So I over, think it, o- over the Kings. Yes, they have owned the
1: Sydney Kings. They have this owned year. the Kings. They have. They have. They. I think, what is it, three of the five games or four of the five games they played, they've they've won. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the Sydney Kings have the best team in the competition. You know, maybe Will Weaver is a genius because he has that, what is that term that we don't like? Load management. Load, load management, load but he's management. big on that. And they've won the minor premiership. And so maybe his guys are fresher than I would imagine, but I can't stand the way... He plays like 10 people in the first quarter. Oh, man. I, I can't stand the way the Sydney Kings – Casper Ware has been struggling all year. He's
1: playing 10-minute quarters. He hits,
2: he hits three shots in a row, and then he gets pulled out. You know, like it's really hard to watch. Uh, you know, I always thought – you know, I'm an old school, but I always thought once a guy gets
1: hot, let's see how hot he can be for as long as he can be tell you, out on the court. I'll tell you a guy that can get hot, and he got the fans MVP, Machado. Machado. So, the uh, actually, can's picked up a couple of awards. They had um, fans MVP, Machado, and then they have defensive player of the year, which was Nuble. Man, that's a good one-two combination. They're a dangerous team coming into the playoffs. Oh,
2: they are very dangerous, and they are the direct opposite of the Sydney Kings. They play like eight dudes.
1: Yeah, if that. I mean, yeah,
2: really seven. And they play those guys because they have to, because they don't have the depth of the other team. So what's happened is – those guys have really formed a nice little unit, a nice rhythm. Mike Kelly's done a good job there. They oh, he's done a fantastic job. Hands down, no brainer, coach of the year. Yeah, definitely. And I he mean, won
1: coach of the year, you know. Kudos to him for do, taking that out.
2: Yeah. I mean he's last place. You know, and what what's happened you know, over the years past is if Cans have a good player, it's like a farm team for the other teams that have more money. They have to recruit better than other teams and they have to do it with less depth than they've done it, and no one wants to run into cans
1: because no. they're hot and Magna picking up uh so he I think he picked up most improved, and Kati picked up six man of the year, I think they were pretty what much what everyone expected, I think
2: yeah, those are two awards, and you know look out for them too, I mean they
1: <laughs> he they talked about they... n b a for Magna,
2: oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a he has he reminds me of Simon Dwight. Remember him? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like a shot blocker, a world class shot blocker. Um, but the upside to him, he shoots the three, you know, just like Simon Dwight. He looks very similar to Simon Dwight the way he plays the game. Yeah, and so he's he's super exciting. You know, it's always great to see the the next great thing coming, and and he's one of them. Absolutely,
1: Mello took out uh, Rookie of the Year. But the last story I want to talk about in in this segment about Aussie hoops is uh, is an interesting one. Matisse Thiebel, Ben Simmons, according to Ben Simmons, he's going to play for Australia. I don't don't know why Ben Simmons has said this. I don't know where this has come from. Um, Obviously, he does have dual citizenship, but when I I look at the Boomers, I look at a very, very close-knit team, which is why they go so far in the World Championships as well as the Olympics, because we have that nucleus of players that are used to playing with each other. Nobody in Australia has played with this guy before so where's where's this coming from
2: well you know i wasn't born here but i observe the australian culture you know when you're not from somewhere you really get a close look at how things are to to fit in with the culture and to enjoy the culture you know that you're in now and one of the things that i love about this country is the mateship that strong bond that australian teams have whether it's in the rugby culture whether it's afl or whether it's you know, for the Australian boomers, they have had that in years past, you know, Shane Heal talks about his, the four Olympics that he went to, you know, his roommates, Andrew Gaze, those are stories that he brings up all the time. He's played in the NBA, he's played, you know, in Greece, but, you know, he chooses to talk about that limited time that they have together, his, his Olympic stories at the Olympic Village, and Andrew Gaze talks about the flag, carrying the flag, you know, these are all stories that they share together you know as australians and, and australia has never really been i believe a country that's like oh we're we're going to get an all-star team we're going to get the best possible players and 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 we'll worry about team chemistry later you yeah. know it's always been about team chemistry and and bringing everybody in together and and, and I, don't, I don't know i i just i just think it kind of goes against what the australian boomers have been
1: about yeah i agree do we want a team of stars or a star team? And I think star team every day of the week when you're going to be in at at an international competition. So
2: You know, nothing against Thiebel, but I've never seen the guy. I've never met the guy, and I've got nothing against him. But how is he going to fit into a culture where no one's even met him or grown up with him or played with him or anything like that? So I think that's something that we're going to have to maybe get used to as we get um, players in the NBA and coming back and, and, and we're not going to just be able to pick from our domestic teams or we're not going to be able to get these guys together because they're coming from all over the world. It's going to be difficult to have the boomer camps. Um, we're going to have to change with the times, but a player sight unseen like that, uh, I think it's – I don't know if Australia is ready for that yet.
1: Well, I think that's a good segue for us to go into uh, the All-Star game because it's, l- let's look at the culture of the NBA now players want to play with guys that they're friends with. It's not what it was 20 years ago where that killer instinct was, I really want to, you know, even if you were friends with a guy, you wanted to kill him type thing. These guys these guys want to team up. And now you have Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. And you, you look at the team that LeBron picked, you know, he's picking CP3. He's a good friend of his. He's picking Ben Simmons, all those guys. They get to play against each other. And for a long time, the All-Star game was irrelevant. And we touched upon it with Sean a little bit earlier. But I, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about it because I was riveted to that game. And obviously, you know, the first quarter, you know, they're getting their dunks. Guys are padding their stats a little bit. But second half turned up and these guys were, it was it was game seven. These guys did not want to lose. I uh, salute the NBA again for, uh, for getting the format exactly right. I think this is the perfect format. And, uh, yeah, the whole All-Star game was incredible. The whole All-Star weekend was incredible. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, what else do you want to talk about? The slam dunk contest. What a How good was that?
2: I know. Aaron, Aaron Gordon, how many times can he get robbed? I thought oh, initially my goodness. that he got robbed. Against Levine. Levine, yeah. Levine. He's a great dunker, but I just thought Aaron Gordon should have won. And as he got another opportunity, you could see he was – I mean, from his first dunk – he was looking at like don't i get a better reaction than that you know like you guys don't appreciate how good that dunk was that w- i'm reading a
1: lot of that into his body language but he came to win and he had the dunks he did win in every in the whole world's eyes he won for me those two guys going up against each other and it's it's hard to you know to put into words because that dunk where he did that that 360 like windmill was i mean that was ridiculous. You can't even put it into words. I can't even put it into words. And I was watching oh, yeah. it, going, "This is the best dunk, one of the best dunks I've ever seen." And you know, nothing to take anything away from um, Derek Jones Jr., but which he and he was incredible. Oh yeah, he was incredible. Those two guys, but so is Levine. He was incredible. He was too, incredible.
2: But he was in second place. Yeah, they, they're just... giving
1: out fifties. I mean, they need to rework how I think maybe the scoring. Maybe it's out of a hundred now. It should be for per dunk because yeah I mean these guys are such good dunkers now that you know the one that the best dunk that everybody went wow about that was a six that was worth sixty points. that was so much better than any other dunk and then he said it in the press conference. he did four straight fifties and lost, yeah, and then he jumps over a guy that's seven foot five and doesn't win i mean it's it's ridiculous, yeah were you ever in a slam dunk contest? Yeah,
2: I didn't win. That <laughs> was, like was like that movie <laughs> terrible bosses when he he said you know uh what were you doing you know at midnight going through a light he said he was drag racing he said but, but you drive a prius he goes i rarely win <laughs> 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 that's my experience in dunk contest uh, i can dunk though well yeah. not anymore but
1: you, I used, you used to be, to be able, able to. to
2: my last dunk was in when i was 38 years old and i would get a dunk every year and it was getting towards the end of the year and i was my legs were feeling pretty lively i was playing down at the snake pit in wollongong and uh <laughs> and so i was like you know throw it up there cuz it's easier to catch a lob and dunk than it is to carry the ball up yourself and do it so is it yeah really yeah. Well, I for a long time i could throw it off the backboard catch it in midair and turn and reverse it and I could do that, and I couldn't do a, a forward dunk.
1: I could do that. I could do all of those on a eight foot rim. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Save it for when you're trying to beat me in one on one. That's right. We're recording that too. Oh, yeah. yeah. it's gonna be yeah, recorded. So, absolutely. It's, it's gonna be. This I, is gonna. I'm be not gonna let you edit it
1: either. The- <laughs> 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 so yeah. So mate, you can do a lot for your editing these days. Like just check out all the. Or the uh, reality TV shows? Are you getting to any of the reality TV shows? No. Mar- Married at First Sight. Uh, so no. I like Survivor. Do you like Survivor? No. Okay. Yeah. Do you like any TV? I like movies. Okay. Yeah. for uh, you know a really good movie that's coming out, Top Gun, the new Top Gun. Ooh, that looks good. Have okay. You, have you seen a trailer for that? No, I haven't. So Tom Cruise, I think he's your age. He is. And so is Brad
2: Pitt. Yeah. yeah. And it's three handsome cats right there. Wow.
1: That's that's uh GQ Man of the Year. The, uh, the final nominees are Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and Steve Coffino. Yeah,
2: you know that when I was in
1: college, I was
2: in the state of Iowa. I was voted the second sexiest man on TV, next <laughs> behind Tom Selleck. <laughs> are you, true story. That are
1: you serious? Yeah. No, that's not true. Yes, it's true. Hang on, in, in just Iowa?
2: Yeah, in the state of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> it was iowa iowa television network yeah uh, that's what we were on so i was on tv
1: was it produced in like your basement no, or no, something this can't no. be. this can't be real
2: this is real uh, this is a true story okay and, you, you know when and you can't you can't make these things up okay. and i'll tell you a fact I'm, you, I'm, you can look it I'm up i'm gonna too. fact check you this. know how people I'm have weird fi- names you know people speaking of iowa yeah you know how people have weird names there was a a, a, a woman who played basketball and she was a very she's like the best player in the state, Her name her name was Fonda Dix. <laughs> I'm serious. I got it. Even- Look it up on your phone. Do it. Even- you have the technology. If
1: I type in Fonda Dix on my phone, something else is coming up. My no, friend D I X. I'm serious. All right, I'm I'm looking this up. Look it up right right now.
2: now. No one ever believes me when I tell them that. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's an unfortunate name." But yeah, but not as unfortunate. Fonda Dix
1: Iowa Basketball. Yeah. Fonda (laughs) Dix Iowa Basketball (laughs) is a shelf company for a porn site run by Steve. No, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So yeah. Okay. Nice story. Okay. Yeah. Iowa basketball player. That's it.
2: Yeah. What were her parents thinking?
1: No, but they weren't. Clearly not. No, no, but her name was D. I. C. K. S. I think so.
2: Really, I thought it was D. I. X. Okay, well, that yeah, okay. they both, both, both come up. E- either way, yeah. All right, but back to so my b- story. Back to your story. Back S- to my story. The second
1: most sexy man on Iowa TV. That's
2: right. We're our games, our basketball games, were on the Iowa Television Network, and um, ITN. Our team had just gone to the Final Four, and they beat Georgetown to get there. They played. You made the Final Four. No, no, no. That was a year before I got there. Right and so our team had just gone to the final four and and lost to louisville who ended up l- losing to ucla with kiki Vandeweghe, uh rod foster michael holden i'm talking about some mm-hmm. some names that people kiki, probably kiki wouldn't kiki, Vandewa. kiki Vandewa, yeah, there go. Yeah. yeah so um basketball's huge in iowa and then i came as a freshman and you know i had the fro that bounced when i ran and i was from california and you know i'm a personable guy so i went okay in the interviews and So our games were on television, the Iowa Television Network. They rated, say the Cosby Show is a top-rated television show at that time. That rated uh, 16, 17s. That's a good rating. Mm -hmm. Our games rated 71. That's how popular our games were. Huge. Yeah.
1: Huge. How did you go uh, when you were at uh, Iowa? Because obviously the year before you go, like, they made Final Four. Did, did you played in the NCAA tournament? Obviously, we,
2: yeah. We went to the NCAA tournament three years in a row under Lute Olson. Mm-hmm. Um, then George Raveling came uh, as Lute Olsen left and went to the University of Arizona, where he coached Steve Kerr and mm-hmm. Sean Elliott and um, Mike Bibby. Yep, you know some some good players that you know, went into the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then we we were ranked as high as fifth in the nation in the preseason but we just lost our way. You know, we weren't playing well. We were just kind of willing ourselves over the line and the wheels fell off and, and we didn't make the tournament. But that's the only year that i didn't we didn't go the to the NCAA tournament. The the closest I think the furthest I ever went was uh the final 16. We lost to Villanova with Dwayne McLean.
1: Sweet 16. Yeah. That's- and Sweet is a, it's a, it's a great achievement. After our
2: game, Houston played Memphis State, and that was that dunk Clyde Drexler had where it, like, it looked like he just jumped on a guy and got even higher. Yep. It was on a guy named Andre Turner, and we were there and we watched it live. It was unbelievable. And that was the team, that 5 slam a team that, was, that was had like Hakim. 35 dunks in the game against Louisville.
1: That, was that Hakeem's team? Yeah. Yeah, that was Hakeem's team. Can't believe they'd never won it. They worked, I think they got second twice.
2: Yeah, they well they they lost they
1: lost to Georgetown. Oh, they lost to Georgetown. Patrick Ewing beat them in the final,
2: I believe, in 83. No, that was uh North Carolina State. Okay. There's a 20 for 20 on that one. I think it's uh win in advance. And it was about their um their coach who got cancer and died, Jimmy Jimmy V, Jimmy Valvano, and that special team. They came from behind every single game. One of the games that came from behind was against Pepperdine, where a guy that played here in Australia in the NBL, a guy named Dane Suttle. Mm. He was a career eighty-five percent free throw shooter. He missed two front ends of a one and one down the stretch. Wow. I mean crazy. It's just oh my goodness. I know we're tragic.
1: I know what I, I and I love the fact that we can go off topic and, you know, talk about whatever the hell we want because it's it's our show. But wh- why is it that some guys just absolutely kill it in college? and then it doesn't translate to the NBA. I'll give, like, Christian Leitner. The guy was a beast. The guy was an absolute beast. And he was a good player when he went to Minnesota in the NBA, but it just didn't translate. Or a guy like Eric Montross, who was killed it for, for college. Those, those sort of players, and it just doesn't really translate to the NBA. Why do you think that is?
2: Um, yeah, different reasons. Christian Leitner was a good pro. He was a good pro. He was a good pro, but he was, he was a great college player. He's, he's very clutch. You know, he hit big shots. He was, you know, he was the guy everybody loved to hate because he was so cocky. Yeah, which is why I loved him. Yeah, yeah, but he
1: didn't care. He just did not care. I guess. Yeah.
2: I mean, he was he was good at everything, but not great at anything, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. I mean, he's a he was a good shooter. He was really clutch down the, you know. But in the NBA, there's, you know, there's more space. Guys are longer and more athletic, and He's, he's he wasn't a great scorer. He was a, won a great rebound. He was a good player. You yeah. know, like he had a good NBA career. Most players in the NBA would would settle for, you know, having a career as long as he had in it. But you know, it, it's a tough one. You know, it's kind of like I'm thinking of uh, Latrell Sprewell. He was like the fourth option at Alabama. He gets into the league. Chris uh, Chris, Chris, Chris Mullen. Oh, Chris Mullen, I think he
1: got suspended or was on Oh, yeah, that Warriors team you had, uh, Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway, Latrell Sprewell.
2: Yeah. And Latrell Sprewell was, like like I said, like the third or fourth option. He was drafted because he was a good athlete. No Mm. one knew he was going to turn into the player that he was. He got the opportunity and he had more space and he had more freedom and, you know, look what he was able to achieve. I like to watch it the other way around too when guys don't do much in college and then they just go into the NBA and they're – you know, these great players. It's crazy how
1: it works sometimes. Yeah. Um, Zion, now that we're starting to see Zion, man, they're talking about him even winning rookie of the year, which I think would be a massive slight on John Moran, who's been playing really well. But man, this guy is looking like a beast. He's like, he's unstoppable. And, and credit to their
2: organization for allowing him, when he was injured, allowing him the time to get 100% before he started coming out again. Now, that's a big body. You know, to start his career off carrying an injury and playing throughout the season not 100% is, is not the start that you want for your franchise player. I know these guys are worth millions and you want to protect that investment, but there would be the temptation to get this kid out there and playing at 80%. But, man, boy, he is he's special, isn't he? I mean, what is he, 280
1: 280 and the guy I think he went back to back 30 point games he scored the most points in his first oh, I think 15 game or 10 there's um the the most since Ron Harper in 87 so he's starting to like you know he's really getting into his groove and you can see like he's unstoppable in the post he's un- absolutely unstoppable he's just so big He's, you know, he muscled Giannis out the way for rebounds. He's hitting threes. I mean, and he's, what, 20 games in. It's a small sample size, yes, but, man, he is just looking awesome.
2: Well, it was like when Shaq was in college, he had, like, four guys around him. There was no space to do anything. It was really no reason for him to stay in college anymore. And I read that Zion loved college. You know, was was happy to go back, but it was really no reason for him. He was the number one pick, and... Um, he was, he was going to get triple teamed, quadruple teamed in college because he's unstoppable. He's unstoppable in the NBA. So he's got all this space. He's just going to get better. You know, he's, he's just going to improve his stroke. He's going to, you know, the game is, is, is truly international now where all five guys can shoot the three and all five guys can put it on the floor and that's the way the game's played now and lots of teams go with small ball now the advantage that they have he's small as in not well not size but as in height yeah but oh my goodness you know he is a monster on the block he's so quick too
1: yeah yeah it's crazy quick we're almost finished the show. Really? So it went quick. It went real quick. But we're gonna. We've got a couple. I got a couple of little games that we we like to play. We like to play some games on okay. the show. So this one is basically okay. You got to choose out of these two teams who wins a seven game series. And this is really tough. All right. Team one is LeBron. Yeah. Kobe. Uh, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. That's one team. That's what's one team. Okay. So that's your that's one five. They win. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do I even have to hear it? No, 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 no. Okay, so Wait,
1: okay, so say it again. Okay.
2: I know this is the end of the show. Say Lebr- it quickly then.
1: No, no, we got time. Okay. LeBron, Kobe, Durant, Davis, Shaq. Versus Magic. Oh, yeah, I love magic. Michael. Oh my. Kawhi. Tim Duncan. Hakeem. <laughs> So, they said, so basically, I say the
2: second team again. Okay. That's, this is ridiculous.
1: So basically, they're saying that this would be... The, this, uh, there was a huge poll was done online, and these are the two teams they said that would be the best matchup. So the first team, LeBron, Kobe, Durant, Davis, Shaq. The second team, Magic, Michael, Kawhi, Duncan, Hakeem.
2: I'm going to say LeBron's team. Why? Because all five of those guys are unstoppable, like scoring-wise. Unstoppable. Who's Hakeem gonna guard? Hakeem
1: destroyed Shaq when they played.
2: Oh yeah, Shaq's on there. Okay, who's the four
1: man for? Tim Duncan is the four man on the other team. That's- okay, who's he? Tim gonna Duncan guard? beats Davis. Tim Duncan is a much better player than Anthony Davis.
2: I'm gonna go with LeBron's team. You're going against Magic. I know. You're going. Against- I never. I never thought I would ever say that. I think the bottom team wins for me. Who's gonna stop Kevin Durant, Kawhi? Yeah, no one can. Maybe with his Achilles
1: out, but a healthy Kevin Durant—you got the best two-way, one of the best two-way players ever. You got you got the two best two-way players ever. Yeah, Jordan and Kawhi on the same team. Yeah, you've got the best four of all time: Tim Duncan on the bottom team. You've got Hakeem Olajuwon, who would run rings around Shaq you've got magic the best point guard ever on the bottom and you've got michael and you want to say they they can't beat first okay you have got it's it's such a ball they the all the guys at the top they all need the ball kobe's got the ball lebron's got the C- kobe versus did you a- see kobe
2: playing for team usa he doesn't have to have the ball what?
1: That was one time he got t- <laughs>
2: that's what that's how he plays when he has great players around him he, you mate, you're telling me a team with you, do you tell, michael did, jordan wait did, can a- okay. you tell me can you can you watch some Kobe Bryant Michael Jordan matchups? He's going right at him. I know, right at him. Okay, I'm the new Michael.
1: Okay, yeah, gun to the head. Who are you taking, Jordan or Kobe? Jordan. Yeah, you don't even have to yeah. put a gun to my head. <laughs> but
2: with LeBron James,
1: are you are you up against your boy Magic?
2: Magic's no, he is no match for LeBron James.
1: Come on, man.
2: He's you know and Magic it- played in a different era. That's uh, like saying Bob I, Cousy I think Duncan, can handle
1: Damian Lillard. Duncan lo- totally locks down Davis and it came prove that against Shaq. Tim Duncan can't lock down Anthony Davis. Okay. Tim Duncan is ranked to one of, everyone agrees top 10 player of all time. Where's Davis sit?
2: Davis is surrounded by four of the greatest. Somebody's got to play a role on that team. I'm putting my coach hat on right now. Okay. Okay. okay i All like right. don't get mad at me I i'm like, not getting mad at- i like this i like the first team All you right. like the, i don't think that's like saying okay well listen guys you know? if,
1: if you're listening i want you because we're going to post this picture on our inside slam page so i want you to comment who you think is going to win i think it's one of the all-time greatest matchups to go i think that would be a seven game series that i would pay whatever it takes to watch that series i yeah. think it'd be incredible
2: i think it's close i think there are arguments for for both sides.
1: Oh, every I don't think there's any wrong answer. I think no. it's just really, really, really fun to debate. So
2: who's the who's your favorite matchup in that? I like Kobe against Michael.
1: Michael. Same. They go at it. At it. Yeah. Everyone is like, all right, guys. Everybody get out of the way. Yeah. It's it's Kobe versus MJ right at the end. Hakeem versus Shaq is a great lineup. The guy was just silky smooth, man. Yeah. He was silky. I mean, Shaq's. I think maybe Shaq at the beginning of the game probably has him because, you know, he's got. That that power game, but I think, I think, I came towards. So the you're end.
2: thinking of Fat Shaq. You're not thinking of Shaq when he first came in no, the league. Thinking, Ooh, running the floor, diving, sliding, passing, looking away. No, because that's when
1: he yeah. came beat him. Shaq Diesel. Shaq Diesel. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are ready for who am I this week? All right. No, you didn't get last week. you didn't get um Brad Doty. No, you didn't get last yeah. week. Okay. So this week.
2: I don't follow the NASCAR. I wonder how many brothers were in the stands at the NASCAR.
1: I would say zero. <laughs> Brad Doty's there. Brad Doty. Brad Doty. Born February 7th, 1973. 73. In Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Went to Michigan. Mm. Between
2: 91 and 94
1: fifth overall pick in the 94 draft selected by the Washington Bullets played for that's a lot of teams 10 teams oh my goodness so say it again okay so born in born in 73 yeah college Michigan 91 to 94
2: Michigan 91 to 94 okay
1: Fifth overall pick in '94 draft by the Washington Bullets. He was tw- two-time NBA champion. Was an NBA All-Star in '96. And one year, one a uh, one All-Star team.
2: Okay. Um,
1: Aver- career averages were thirteen points, six rebounds, two assists. Um, Jawan Howard. Very good. Yeah. Yay. You. He's, You're good, you. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Carfino is back. Um, I'm guessing the, the college, the Fab Five.
2: Fab Five. Fab yeah. Five. You know their shorts don't seem that long anymore. No, they don't. Yeah.
1: They don't. It's, really, it's quite strange. And the thing is that uh, they didn't win it because Chris Weber caught a timeout.
2: A timeout that they didn't have. Yeah.
1: Yeah, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But then Chris Weber ended up being the best player of all of, out of all of them. So, best good com- t- J- oh, I would say I wouldn't say best commentator, Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose is a analyst. Jalen Rose is more of a presenter, and Chris Webb is more of a, a game commentator.
2: I I remember watching Jalen Rose early in his television career,
1: and he was on the sidelines. No, no, no. I just mean he was just average, and he is very good now. I really enjoy his shows. I actually enjoy all the like. There's guys that I watch in Australian broadcasting and I'm like, man, you've you got some work to do. But then I'll see guys like, I love Reggie Miller, yeah, Chris Webber, uh, Grant Hill. I even like Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, brother, That brother keeps it real. He keeps it really real. <laughs> like He doesn't care who he pisses off. Oh, I know. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw him yesterday, but he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. He just says whatever he wants. Oh, he has no filter. Mm. Kind of like you. No. Kind of I- look the same.
2: He's scary, dude. I'm, yeah.
1: (laughs) He's a beast. Oh, I know. He's a beast. Him and Durant were going at it recently, but maybe we, you and I, should get us to some Twitter wars and we'll go. That'll bump bump up the inside. I don't
2: don't understand Twitter. Neither do I. I have no
1: idea. Um, Guys, if you uh, aren't following us, make sure you do on Inside Slam uh, on on Instagram and Global Story Network. We uh, we thank the Global Story Network for allowing us to do our thing each week and, and talk. Basketball and whatever the hell we want to talk about. So, thank you to the Global Story Network. Follow them on Instagram as well, and uh, as as well as Twitter. Funnily enough, and um, yeah, we're going to see you next week. Next week's going to be a really interesting show. We're going to get into the wellness game. So, we're going to uh, we're going to having a couple of lovely ladies on the show to talk about wellness and and health. And um, yeah, I think you're going to really in, uh, enjoy that, Steve. Oh
2: yeah, very much so. And we you know we could bring up a random fact about. You know, former basketball stars from Iowa.
1: We could do that. (laughs) We could do that as well. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.